0: Well, you can toss out those chocolate frogs from Harry Potter. We have real ones now. Well, they certainly wouldn't taste as good, since they only got that nickname because of their skin, which is the color of milk chocolate. These frogs live in the swamps of New Guinea, but they're close cousins of green tree frogs common for northern and eastern Australia. Now, Australia and New Guinea were connected by a land bridge a long, long time ago, so they have similar kinds of animals. This chocolate frog is smaller than its green relative, but both species have the same call for mating. It sounds like a deep, rasping bark they repeat in long series, which I won't do here. Local people from a small island in Africa help scientists find a new kind of Scopes owl. They probably descended from the first owls that came to this area a long time ago. Although they come in assorted colors, they're mostly brownish, which is why they easily blend in with trees, so you hardly even see them. They're also really small, and they have a call you won't hear anywhere else. It sounds like a short two-note they repeat fast, as if it's an insect producing this sound. You can hear them making these calls in duets, as well, once night falls. They might be called endangered species, considering they live in a small area of around 6 square miles, and there are up to 1,500 of them. The Sunda flying lemur is a kind of gliding mammal you can find in Southeast Asia. It has a small head, small ears, and adorable big eyes that help the animals see well in the dark and move at night. This little one is not a real lemur. It falls into a category called cologos. Even though its name says differently, this creature can't really fly. It can only travel long distances, which is not bad at all, considering it can glide for up to 328 feet without losing too much altitude. Its special skin fold makes it easier to glide between trees, and its lightweight skeleton and webbed feet help as well. This cute animal is small, less than 2 feet long, and it weighs up to 4 pounds. Plus, it can camouflage well because of its dense and mottled fur that resembles tree lichens. So once upon a time, more than 160 million years ago – I wasn't around then – there was a spider that kind of looked like a pelican. As big as a grain of rice, it would sneak around in the leafy areas of our planet – and look for prey it could catch with its fanged pincers placed at the end of its long neck. It especially liked to eat other spiders. This tale has a happy conclusion, well, depending on the perspective. These fellows still exist, and they're far more diverse than anyone expected. When it's not going after its prey, the pelican spider just folds its pincers down against its long part, like a neck. This makes it look more like a bird than a regular spider. And that's how it got its name in the first place. These creatures are different from most other spiders because they don't make their own webs. Instead, they just look for the trails of silk other spiders left behind in the leaves and follow them. When they find a web some other spider made, they patiently wait for the right time to strike, which is how they got the proper nickname – assassin spiders. So it's not unusual for hermit crabs and sea anemones to team up. Anemones have stinging tentacles, and they use them to protect crabs from predators. In return, they get a free ride to places they haven't seen before, and some leftovers crabs share with them. But off the coast of Japan, scientists found this new anemone that does something extra special. Not only does it live on a hermit crab's shell rent-free, but it also creates a covering that goes over the shell. In a way, it adds a porch to the crab's house. It's not something you'll see very often, because most sea anemones don't go to such lengths. Now, what's even cooler is that they won't build these extensions for any crab out there. They have a specific partnership with only one hermit crab species. If a crab wants to move to a new shell, its friend joins it. This type of anemone is called a calcifer, after a character in Howl's Moving Castle. Calcifer is a fire demon bound to the wizard's castle by a magical pack. This castle moves from place to place, like a hermit crab. In 2020, researchers found a very long animal that looked like it was made from gelatin. It happened around 2,000 feet under the surface in a deep canyon off the coast of Western Australia. They were exploring the ocean floor, trying to find signs of life there. They didn't find this creature on purpose. They unexpectedly stumbled upon it as they were heading back to their ship. And it turned out to be a type of deep-sea siphonophore. It's related to the Portuguese man o' war Those blue bottles you might see floating on the surface of the ocean. These animals are not a single organism. They're made up of many smaller parts that work together. We call them zooids. Some zooids are there to help with reproduction, while others oversee feeding or moving through the water. These unusual creatures mostly look like twisted and tangled feather boas. Its spiral shape is its hunting technique. The siphonophore has many stinging tentacles that form some type of barrier in the water and trap small animals such as fish and crustaceans. The scientists didn't have much time to examine the creature, but they noticed that it was the longest siphonophore they had ever discovered. It could be longer than a blue whale. Wow! Now, here's a little creature you don't see every day. They're called treehoppers, and they spend most of their time on plants and trees. They're not longer than a dime, but you can find them in different shapes. Some look like tiny helicopters, while others are more like leaves, thorns or even raindrops. There's a thing called a pronotom. That's like a small plate other insects have too, and it resembles a shield. Treehoppers are real artists here because their pronotom gives them these bizarre shapes that make them stand out in the animal kingdom. And since they have such a weird shape, it's easier for them to stay safe from predators. Their barbs and spines warn other animals that treehoppers might be tough to swallow so they might not be worth catching. Bright colors are not that attractive either, since they tell predators there might be toxins in the body of their potential prey. Plus, they're good at mimicry, the art of pretending to be something else. Their big pronota are light and hollow, so they can easily fly. They communicate with each other by sending vibrations through plants. You won't hear them making loud sounds like some other insects. Treehoppers prefer to shake their bodies to produce vibrations we humans can't hear. Interestingly, they use such a form of communication to protect their young. Many other insects just leave their eggs alone, but treehopper mothers stick around and watch over their eggs. When something dangerous, such as a stink bug, comes closer, a young treehopper sends out a vibrating signal. Its siblings quickly notice the signal and join in, which is how they make the warning stronger. The mother receives the messages and gets into action. She either buzzes her wings very loudly or uses her back legs to defend her kids from the intruders. They're like mosquitoes in a way. It's just that they use their special mouthparts to pierce, not people, but plant stems where they take their juices. Weird and wonderful, all in the same package.